Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 222. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed founder of Dismay Comics and the host of the Store Brand Comics podcast, Brandon Ingram. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And yeah, like, I guess technically you can now say internationally acclaimed because like right. uh, some of my past couple kickstarters like from a year ago it's like oh person got it from from switzerland person got right. it from australia person got it from the uk it's like it spread i was like huh so technically i'm an international comic maker like, See, like comic exactly. seller basically yeah 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 well and i gotta say that brandon thank you for coming on I read the Disney comic and I got to say, I read that and I actually, it reminded me a lot of, I think, I think I talked about, it was like a David Lynchian feel of that movie theater horror one where you get left off thinking, what the heck is going on here? But you didn't want to know the answer because it was almost like you were afraid to figure out what actually was going on. So it's like being confused was better than, actually you answering the question of what that horror was going on and yeah yeah and And that's that's a big thing is like obviously with with the main character there like a lot of stuff is going on uh like psychological horror and stuff but especially how the page layouts are like it starts off like first few pages are like one two three like standard panel layout basically and then as it progresses panel layouts are just not all over the place but there is a difference as it progresses to where you, the reader, it's like, oh, crap. Like, I feel like I'm going through all the stuff that Ben's going through. Right. Now, how did you come up with that idea? Like, so because you as 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 you as you as you write comics that. Were you very specific in the artist to to let them know that you wanted to have that set up like that? Or is that kind of a creative process that you did with the artist for that? Well, when it came to how it was structured in terms of like starting in the beginning the pages will be more regularly structured even though like the artwork is like beautiful and like atmospheric and stuff like that it's still mm-hmm. kind of regular structured panels um from there i i basically said like as it progresses like there's a script but i also said as it progresses the page and panels need to get a little bit crazier but like when it came to how crazy it got, Jade Sky, the artist, was the one that was able to to construct that very well. So it is, yeah, it's that collaboration between writer, uh, writer and editor, and and the artist, and yeah, it was awesome. And it, and it had kind of a a painter. It had kind of like a painting feel to it as well. Yeah, yeah. On that, uh, you have a Kickstarter that actually is live as of this recording. That actually oh, yeah. you can buy issues one and two of Dismay. Oh yeah. Uh, so talk. So so Brandon, I want we want I want to go into the Kickstarter. I want to talk to you about the Kickstarter. But first, for those that might be unfamiliar with Dismay Comics and, and the work that you've done, Brandon, do you want to give people a little bit of background on how you got into writing comics? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... Pretty much I got into first writing screenplays like fresh out of high school. Like right when I got mm-hmm. out of high school, I was like, I, I had a love for film and stuff like that before. And, and I grew up on reading and loving comics and storytelling. Like since I was like seven or eight, I had been reading comics. And then 
once early high school started, I was reading like serial runs. Like I, I picked up on Scott Snyder's new 52 Batman run was like consistently reading that and different stuff like that. But uh, when it came to me writing, it was around after high school where I was writing film scripts, doing a lot of research on how to write film scripts and different things like that. And I was entering into contests and I was getting some feedback. I, I won like a couple small contests here and there. But uh, eventually I was like, man, like, because at the time I'm still like reading comics, like I'm still blazing through a bunch of comics. I was like, man, I really want to do something with some of these stories. And I know a lot of the stories would cost a low budget. That's like Hollywood low budget. Like, oh, like the gallows man, like that was a feature length script at one point. I was like, I, I could make that under $500,000 in <laughs> terms. It's like, wow, that's very low for Brandon terms. It's like, that's a crap ton of money that I'll never see. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like all of these stories I can make into comics. And, and since then, a lot of stories have just been like, I'm just making this as a comic because it started out as like, I want to make these a comic so I can see these things come right. into fruition. But as I was starting that, I was like, Oh, well, I just want to start writing for comics. Like, like if it becomes like a film or TV show or whatever, like, great. Like everyone wants that, but like, that's not the reason I'm doing it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I basically converted the scripts, redid them some, and then made them work for comic book form and just went in and started looking for artists online like deviant art was one of the first places i found a lot of the artists i worked with and then right uh a few other artists through like instagram and stuff like that but that's really where it started was uh pretty much late or not late early 2019 uh just a few things happened to where it kind of like kickstarted me of being like yeah so I, I've been writing comics. Now I want to actually make them with artists. And so I've kind of been doing this since basically March or April of 2019. Mm. Now talk to us a bit about that. How, cause when you put together these, basically these anthology stories of that we have for, for dismay comics, the, you mentioned how you find your artists. Is there what else would you recommend for for comic book writers that might be looking for artists when it comes to from the business side of things do you recommend contracts or any of that stuff as well yeah so so when it comes to looking for an artist the first thing i'll say is don't be one of those people that's like oh you'll get paid in exposure don't be one of those people no one likes those people uh don't be one of those people even if like you might be working on a budget still pay your artist. You can find artists on a low budget. You just need to work with that, um, work with the, the skill level that you're paying for and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I found artists through DeviantArt. I found uh, some through Instagram. You can also, an easy way nowadays that I didn't know back then was uh, Facebook groups. There's like writers seeking artists or artists seeking mm. writers, that sort of stuff. So those are some easy ways. And then, yeah, work for higher contracts. I, I would say I'd recommend um, 
99.9% of the time, it'll never like come up in the future or you'll never need it. But in that 0.1% that you do need it in the future, you have it there. You have proof that, hey, we had a contract I paid. And, and that's an important thing is when hiring an artist, most artists will do uh, like payment per page. Like they have a page right. rate. So like every each page you're paying per page. Um, and with most artists, this isn't all, but with most artists, they'll do like uh, you'll pay them for one page, then they'll do the page pay for one page, then do next page, that sort of structure. I like that. Personally, there's other ways where it's like uh, you pay half of the total up front. And then when it's finished, you pay the other half of the total. That one isn't bad if make sure it is a, a reputable artist. Like like hmm. you, you've you've heard people work with them. They work well with others. They've never like uh screwed over anyone in terms of like you paid half up front and they did one page and then just flaked and never saw mm. them again um that's something you have to be careful with artists i also say the same make sure you're going to get paid mm. so writers make sure you're not getting screwed artists make sure you're not getting screwed right now how when it when it comes to doing kickstarters because you've done four so far how much of the budget do you kind of allocate for the artists? Well, when it comes to paying for the artists, I pay out of pocket. Like, uh, okay. luckily I I've through my job and stuff I've saved up over the years and I don't really have like big purchases. I like to get, like, I, I don't really care about cars or, or I live in Florida. I don't care about boats or anything like that. So like, yeah, my, my, hobby expenditures are basically go to the movies every now and then buy original art every now and then because I, I like buying original art and then making comics so mm -hmm. so my i pay out of pocket for my artists like that i work with and then when it comes to the kickstarters like you'll see it's usually low goals the the point of the kickstarter for me because i've already paid out of pocket for the artist is just to print the books to print right. the books and, and get the books to people's hands and also to have um some extra books for like comic conventions or or like future kickstarters like let's say there's a disney avenue number three kickstarter like in the future uh it's an anthology so you can pick up any issue and read it and have a whole complete story or complete stories but let's say they're like yeah i do want to read issue three but I also want to read issues one and two. Well, it's like, okay, well, I have some extras and, and you can get those. So that's, for me, the point of the Kickstarter is there's an audience there with Kickstarter. People are able to get it. I'm able to print it and I'm able to print some extras. Like that's mm. the point of the Kickstarter for me. Now, what what is it about when you're, you're writing what do you enjoy most about compared to and we'll talk about gallows man in a bit but compared to your ongoing series as to the anthology how is the writing different for each one of those as it comes to from that creative process yeah when it comes to specifically disney avenue this this horror anthology because the first two issues are 
psychological with some cosmic horror with a little bit of supernatural horror but as issues go on it's going to be all kinds of different horror mm-hmm. um but when it comes to disney avenue <clears throat> horror is something i gravitate very easily to when it comes to writing because i just grew up on watching a bunch of horror movies uh watching horror tv shows reading horror literature and stuff um and i i when it comes to the writing aspect, I love Rod Serling's The Twilight Zone. Mm. And that's like, to me, like perfect master class of like how to write anthologies. And I'll, I'll say how to write horror anthologies because some people will be like, well, like some of the episodes are sci-fi or some of the episodes are this or that. It's like maybe that's a main genre in that episode, but each one of those episodes there were a ton of horror elements in it. That's the thing with horror is it's a very broad genre. Like when that, when your, your grandma, when your grandma thinks of horror, she slashers and gore fest. That's what comes to mind with horror, but horror is so broad. Um, And yeah, I, I just, it's the thing that I can write easiest. Like I love writing all genres. Like not just superhero stuff, not just horror stuff, but horror is the thing that comes kind of the easiest for me uh, in terms of how quickly I can write it. And and this is biased because I'm the writer, but make a good script quicker than another genre. Right. Now, what were, as you mentioned, the Twilight Zone, what are some of the comic book horror ones that have inspired you yeah so some comics like comic horrors that have inspired me uh scott snyder's witches that was a uh one a few years ago that was very critical when it came to like horror in the woods or horror in a small town like a small it's i don't think it's southern but it i I grew up in the south and the town that he depicts feels like a Southern town I grew up in basically Hmm. with woods all around and stuff. So witches is up there. Uh, Recently I haven't read a ton of issues, but like the silver coin uh, has been pretty good. I I like the, the element of each issue uh, following this coin as it's getting passed along and that sort of stuff. Um, Those are major influences. And then, Something that it, it's a small part of a story in issue two of Disney Avenue, uh, Ice Cream Man, the the horror anthology that came out a few years ago. It's still going. Um, in one of the stories in issue two of Disney Avenue, there's a little girl who goes to a thrift shop. She finds a mystical triangle in the thrift shop when she like a musical triangle. When she hits it, she gets sent into other dimensions each time she strikes it. Mm-hmm. And she strikes it one time and she gets sent to like this, this concrete area just surrounded by woods and like an ice cream person pedaling on a ice cream bike, like pedals up to him. And that was part of that was influenced by me reading ice cream man at the time, because huh. I was like, already I thought ice cream men were weird. Cause there was a, there's a movie in like the nineties. It was a horror movie. I think it was just called ice cream man. And already I had some creepy vibes with it. And then when I read that comic, I was like, okay, it, it, it's settled. 
ice cream men are creepy. This is going to be a creepy <laughs> element within this horror story right here. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of influences all over the place with horror comics and, and uh, horror media. Right. Um, and so how is it now? Now talk to us a little bit about also with uh, Gallows Man. It's it also, as you as we mentioned before, we went live that it does have a bit of a um, campy Batman feel to it with a touch of Quentin Tarantino. Uh, and where did you come up with that story? Gallows Man. So really, like the the first thing that popped in my head was that like initial thematic line basically was like right. what if like i had never seen any of the the batman 66 stuff before the adam west stuff before writing it all i'd seen were like the memes like batman running around with the bomb over his head stuff like that and, and like the g willikers batman like stuff like that <laughs> and uh it was kind of like what i did know about the show is whenever a punch was about to happen big boom it's a bang pow whatever you didn't see the punch connect you saw maybe the aftermath and the aftermath was usually like the villains like uh like slumped over or they're already like tied up or handcuffed right um and so the initial thought was like what if that but maybe you do have a bang or a pow and then that aftermath you see is like realistic like bloodiness like teeth falling out bloody nose all this stuff, broken neck broken back all this stuff impaled by an umbrella all kinds of stuff um and so that was the initial thought i was like okay i gotta make a story out of this and it was originally starting as like kind of that that fun parody satire of silver age but it's also like well there is a lot of golden age i can kind of parody and satire because i also do love that's the thing is i don't crap on golden age or silver age heroes or comics with this comic i have a love for those um i i poke fun at it a little bit but there is still a fun love that is there um and the thing with golden age characters a lot of them are just killing the bad guys willy-nilly a lot of them have guns and all this stuff um and so and and the thing with that is Back then, kids would look up to these superheroes and be like, right. wow, I want to be like him. Like, he's such a role model. And so I, like, ramped that up in the Gallows Man to where, like, there's, I mean, the hero's name is Gallows Man. Like, you already know, like, okay, death is coming to every criminal he comes encounter. <laughs> even like a, even like a, a common mugger, like, crazy deaths are happening. And... Basically, the world is like happily desensitized to this crazy violence to where like everyone like there's a radio host. It's said in the 1940s. The main villains are like this Nazi cult that's like infiltrated the city. Um, but there's other like uh, villains along the way. But like there's a radio host in the 40s that is like narrating sometimes. He's like, ah, that gallows man and his sidekick newsboy who's. He's like the Robin equivalent, basically. It's like, Gallows Man and Newsboy, they took out the dastardly walrus and his <laughs> henchman, the jackal. Oh, what a great victory. It was good to see that they 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 got their comeuppance, that sort of stuff, and, and going on. And basically, like, everyone loves these heroes that are just, like, 
hanging villains and, and all kinds of crazy gadgets and stuff similar to Batman, all these weird gadgets uh, that are like deadly gadgets. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just kind of, and, and as well, there's like kids who are like, I love Gallows Man. Like he's the <laughs> best. I look up to Gallows Man. It's just like kind of taking the desensitization of violence and ramping it up to like 10, basically this, this world that Gallows right. Man has. Well, I mean, it's it's funny that you 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 mentioned that because I know like the Golden Age comics because I love reading any all those public domain Golden Age comics yeah, you can yeah. get online now, and they would have like a very specific villain that just seems this is a great villain, and at the end of the story they kill him, you know. So it's like so there's no reoccurring villains really. So yeah. it's, I see that in those Golden Age pieces that's very specific to that. Rarely do you actually see a villain escape and yeah, come yeah. back again in the land. But there it seems like they just always kill them. Oh, yeah. And the jungle comics, I was reading some of the jungle comics and I don't know if it's Sheena or one of them that actually has in the beginning of one of the stories, it'll talk about, it'll, it'll give actual names to a lion or a, or a chimpanzee or a rhinoceros. And they'll say like so-and-so the lion, like an actual named lion and they'll kill it in the first few panels. Like, and it's like, why did you name it? Like, it's, yeah. That's it's the thing weird. Is, that's such yeah. a minor thing, but just adding the name, like, hits you even more because it's like, oh, it had a name. There was a, there was a <laughs> it, it's almost like, even though it's an animal, it's like, it's a person behind there almost. Like, I know, man. So, congratulations as we mentioned that you did hit your goal already on yeah, for man. for for dismay avenue issues one and two a psychological horror anthology so four and this is four different comic artists five psychological and cosmic horror stories and 100 plus pages of pure terror i like that um and as of this recording, you still have 13 days to go on it. Um, oh, yeah. Do you want to kind of give people a little bit of background on this? Because this is what's different in this Kickstarter as compared to your previous Kickstarters that you learned from. Yeah. So with the previous ones, uh, Gallows, man, I, I, I love Gallows. I love all the series I work on. But Gallows, man, is sometimes hard to market. Uh, especially if I approach someone and I'm like, Hey, like you want to check this out, maybe do a review or have me on or whatever. And they're like, sure. Send me the first few pages or whatever. And we'll go from there. And I'll be like, ah, maybe I should send the whole comic. Maybe you should see the whole issue. Cause if you read the first few pages of gallows, man, um, you're like, Oh, this, this seems like goofy or, or whatever, or, or you see like, someone with a swastika patch on them and you're like oh like i gotta stay away from that it's like no no those are the bad guys they're they're, <laughs> they're getting their comeuppance they're not they're not the good guys but but it's one of those things so specifically when it comes to marketing and stuff like that um i love the gallows man but it's a little bit harder to market than a horror book um, right. horror is very popular that's not the reason i like made a horror comic i just love horror um and luckily horror is a popular thing right now um but yeah like a, a big thing that uh has kind of set this apart is 
me working with multiple artists and like very different artists, very different art mm. styles. Because right. uh, like each story is extremely different. Like uh, issue two has four different stories. It's over 60 pages long. You have one wow. story, Tolls the Bells, which is uh, very much manga influence, like, like the story as well as the art. Um, mm. because it's very influenced by Junji Ito. He's a, a horror manga guy. Both the story and the art feel like a Junji Ito type thing. And uh, mm. I, I've had a lot of people be like, man, I'm getting hard Junji Ito vibes from this. I'm like, thank you. Like, that, that is a compliment to, to compare it to Junji Ito. Uh, for those wondering about the story, I'm gushing over the art. The story follows a little boy who has to stay after school one day uh, because he gets in trouble. And when he stays after school, uh, creepy stuff starts happening. Like teachers are gone. Uh, and a huge portion of the horror with this is like the horror of isolation and darkness. Because it is like a basically like a nine-year-old boy. Um, so just just ramp up the horror of isolation and darkness because you're even more terrified of those things in mm. your younger years um so that that's kind of where that one is without spoiling too much about the story um and then raw horror the art done by jade sky i also will give like a brief little synopsis of it to not spoil anything um basically it's about a military soldier who wakes up at his house but it feels very unfamiliar it feels like a very unfamiliar surrounding for him. Um, and this one is very similar to program, but a little bit different, very atmospheric, very surreal painterly artwork. Um, right. But it, it's even more surreal and creepy. Like there's stuff that like you read it once and then you'll have to go back and there's stuff in the background, like that page, like the pictures, like the first picture, the couple's looking at each other. The second picture they're looking at you they're looking toward you it's 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 various it's stuff like that yeah, yeah yeah and then uh yeah. the the third story in this one destination it's more your modern contemporary artwork but with great lighting federico does that well um follows a little girl and her mom go into a thrift shop and the little girl wanders off i talked about this before she finds a musical triangle and when she strikes it she gets sent into other dimensions and that's an example of this one dimension with this these crazy monsters in it um mm -hmm. very very terrifying and crazy monsters and wow. yeah it's it, i i won't try to i'll try not to spoil that one too much but it is uh it's a trip and then the last story with issue two is acolyte which is it, it's done by helen bolton she does the artwork and she does the artwork for gallows man um, but this is very different art, artwork than Gallows, man. She's very, like, she she can go in multiple directions with her art style. This is right. very much like Dr. Seuss-type art style because it's starting out, it feels like a Dr. Seuss story. The main character, his name is Mr. Hinklehorn. That's like a Dr. Seuss name, basically. Right. Um, and Mr. Hinklehorn's going about his daily life, and he's just taking crap from everyone, like, from work at the store in traffic all this stuff but all while this is happening he just keeps a big smile on his face and says thank you sir or have a nice day and it's like 
something's up with Mr. Hinklehorn. And as the right. story progresses, it's like, okay, I see now. Right. And then, yes, this is a program, which Jade Sky did the artwork on. And it follows a couple, Ben and Mia, who go on a movie date night to a movie theater on the outskirts of town. Um, and huge cineplex, but it's like dead. Like there's mm. no one in the parking lot, no cars in the parking lot. There's two concessions workers in the theater and then some guy off in the distance in the lobby with his hoodie pulled over. Um, very creepy, very weird. Um, and as it progresses, it, it, it just spirals down the, this right. creepy psychological horror. But yeah, like uh, this one program in, in particular, the first third of it is pretty much all true. It was a date I went on with a girl back in college. Uh, we went on a date to a movie theater outskirts of town um, and no one was there. And basically the first 15, 16 pages is nearly identical to how it wow. played out. Some of our conversations were a little bit different, but it's basically how it played out. And the story is basically like a, what if it went this crazy, creepy direction? So in a, so in real life, there was some weirdo with like not a weirdo, but somebody in a hoodie. Just there was out. someone in the lobby, just like off in the corner, uh, mm -hmm. and his his back was like kind of turned, like in the corner of the lobby. Hmm. What was the movie? Do you remember? That's the thing is I I put in all of these comics like uh, at the very end, like behind the panel or behind the scenes, like me commentating basically on the stories right. and stuff and my mindset of writing them and i was trying to remember when writing this i was like what movie did we go see and <laughs> i looked through and i looked through i was like i don't even remember what movie we saw <laughs> like like that's the thing is is one day i'm going to see a poster of the movie or someone's going to say the movie name i'll be like holy crap that's the movie we saw but <laughs> to this day i can't remember what we saw because we were just I was, this was like our second date. So like part of it was like me focusing on like trying not to be weird or nervous around her. And then whenever the projector is like frozen and it's playing a loop and all this stuff, like those are the two biggest things I remember about that date. Right. So talk to us a bit about you have your reward tiers. You have them split up into, this is interesting, a level one, level two, and level three, and level four. Yeah, so huh. so reward tiers uh, two and two and up, you you get access to the stretch goals that we hit. But um, okay. there's, there's a reward tier for literally any budget, from $1 mm -hmm. to $60. Um, at $5, you can get issue one, which is over 40 pages of comics that, big 40 page comic program and then a one page uh like comedy horror backup to where like after you read program to alleviate some of that tension you can read alternate reality which is basically five panel comic of hey switch trees and humans like yeah. what if trees were sentient and humans were like trees and they were planted in the ground and that sort of stuff it's a it's a fun stupid comic i i like it but uh so yeah, five bucks you can get that digitally. <clears throat> For nine dollars, you can get both issues one and two digitally. And that's over a hundred pages of the comic. So just nine bucks there. Then physical copies, they start at eleven dollars. Uh go from there. And then there's like 
as it goes up, there's huge bundles to where it's like huge, like bang for your bucks um, as it goes up. And there's also an exclusive t-shirt with, wow. uh, with this, this t-shirt. I absolutely love it. Like I'm going to get me one. My sister was like, Hey, get me one. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll get you one. It'll be part of your Christmas present or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I absolutely love this T-shirt. It, it's uh, a pull from Tolls the Bells from issue two. But yeah, so with the T-shirt, you can get your creepy horror comics and you can add on the T-shirt. Or, and this is going to be weird, if you don't like comics, if you happen to not like comics, though, you can get the T-shirt separately. You can just get the T-shirt um, okay. And there's also variant covers that you can get. Um, and, and yeah, like as it goes along to, to the point where there's retailer bundles, we've already had a, a couple, couple uh, comic shops do the retailer bundles. Nice. And then there's uh, the, the creator bundle, creator value bundle, where you get everything like <clears throat> the both comic sign, both variant sign all the stickers, all the PDFs, all that stuff. And you also get the scripts digitally. So you can look at the scripts and be like, Hey, like I can pull some, like I, I can learn from this guy's writing or you can look at it and learn like, Hey, like he sucks at writing. I don't want to be like him or, or whatever it may be. Uh, as well as you get a zoom consultation with me, a two hour zoom script consultation where oh, nice. before the consultation, I'll read through your script, do notes and stuff that way when we're in that, that two hour script consultation, a lot of that time is given feedback and me asking questions or you asking questions and going from there. But right. A lot of, a lot of great tears with us. I see that like the, yeah. So that was, that's for $60. That's an amazing deal that you get everything. You get the complete bundle, which is both issues one and two, like you said, is over a hundred pages scripts of all the stories and plus, as you say, a two-hour script script consultation through Zoom. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so stretch goals. You have some stretch goals unlocked already, too. Yeah, we, we hit the, the 751 within like a day. We, we hit the 500 initial goal within the first seven hours. And then we hit 750 within the first day or two. And yeah, so that one's, uh, it's a bookmark, Disney Avenue number two bookmark. And it's basically this horrifying, creepy eye darkness mm. bookmark um, to where if you're in the library, you have that in your book, people are going to be doing some glances because they're like, what the heck? Like someone's staring at me or something. <laughs> it's it's double-sided. Um, and then there's a, a uh, Disney Avenue sticker. We hit that, the 1250 sticker. So nice. all physical backers will also get that. And then what we're working toward now is our $2,000 stretch goal, which is, and and I, I like all of these stretch goals. I really like this one. It's basically a Gallows Man, Disney Avenue crossover. Now, I'm, I'm also curious is like, as uh, you being the writer for all of these stories, is there any story that you wrote that you say i want to come back to this world here this one there's more creepy stuff going on if you have like any scripts that you people would recognize and revisit one of those specific settings like like i'm i'm in like a film group but they're they're up in like des moines 
and I'm down in Florida. But when you're a writer, you don't have to be there. <laughs> so you can just write it and just send it. So that's the good thing about writing. If I was an actor, it's like, ah, I'm, I'm out of luck there. But yeah. uh, there was a, a film contest, like a 48-hour film contest a month ago. It was like a horror one. And it dealt with a movie theater. And I basically made it. And then after I wrote that, I was like, oh, crap. Because a lot of people really like program. Like the people that have read it, they really like program. And I've had a couple be a couple people be like, man, like I would like to see you one day go back to this world or, or see some more stuff dealing with the theater or whatever. And after hearing all that and after writing that theater script, I looked at the theater script, worked on it a little bit. I was like, this, this could fit in this world. So oh, cool. in a future Disney Avenue, there will be a story dealing with that theater. Wow. Okay. Cause that it, there is something about that place. Like, especially, um, you know, some of the other characters that, uh, that they interact with you, you say there's something about this. It's just something weird going on here. Oh, so before we before we uh, we wrap up, I want to talk to a little bit. I want I want our audiences and listeners to learn more about your store brand comics podcast. Yeah, so this is a podcast I do with a buddy of mine, Tio, and how the best way to describe it is half the time we are doing pitches, like mm. like we are doing pitches for like comic crossovers or movie crossovers or property crossovers. Like the most recent thing we did was uh, crossing over James Bond 007 with uh, Fate Stay Night, which is an anime. Huh. That was, and, and what that was, was like the crossover chicken ones. We started doing those recently is me and Tio will not talk about this until we are on the podcast and we have both picked a franchise basically a franchise of any any sort any media and mine i picked was james bond 007 i didn't tell him until we were like okay go stay it as we're on the podcast mm. i said 007 he said fate stay night and then for the next two hours we're just pitching and making this story um, so that's like half of it. That's half of the podcast. We also do like Marvel stuff. Like you see like Marvel year three, we have like our own, we basically, the Marvel thing is like, what if Marvel comics did a reboot? Like they did like a new 52 basically. And that's basically what it is to where we're up to year three right now of that reboot and a bunch of different series and stuff. Um, but we also have like a DC, like what if DCEU turned out good? What if we were in charge or whatever? And we're up to like 13 or 14 movies with that by now with the pitches and stuff. And then sometimes we have random stuff like, uh, in the past we had like, uh, uh, dog welder and Batman dog welder is <laughs> a little known DC character. It's like, yeah, I heard about dog welder. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. a crossover with them. So we'll have little stuff like that. So that's half of the episodes, basically. Just crazy pitches and crossovers and stuff. Like we had Predator on the Planet of the Apes. We had Predator mm. on Planet of the Apes, that sort of stuff. Um, and then the other half the time, we're talking about 
all kinds of geeky stuff, philosophizing about geeky stuff, philosophizing about Batman, philosophizing about poop, philosophizing about Batman's poop. Just, just, <laughs> it, 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 it's all kinds of stuff. But uh, it, it's a, it's a fun time. We mostly do it as like a hobby. Like we, we love doing it. But uh, we are happy to see that that people do enjoy it. I will say for any new people, uh, if you're trying to get into it, the average episode is like two and a half hours long. Uh, I want to mention that. Yeah, that is the average length of an episode. So uh, I I just want to warn you there. (laughs) And people can go to the through Anchor Anchor FM is where that link is. And that link is also, I noticed too, is uh, on your link tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can find it on my link tree. And also uh, most podcast listening apps, you you can find store brand comics. Right. Excellent. Well, I got to say, though, Brandon, you know, congratulations again on having a successful Kickstarter. And we're you're you're getting close to reaching that next that that last stretch goal. So that's exciting. Oh, so yeah. you only got about three hundred and fifty dollars left oh, yeah. to meet that third stretch goal. And if we win, I shouldn't say if because I know we are going to hit it when we hit that. I'll reveal the fourth stretch goal, which will likely be the last one. Um, that that'll be a three thousand dollars stretch goal, but I'll reveal that once we hit the two thousand one. Okay, wow. Okay, fun. So, so Brandon, what's next for Dismay Comics? So, pretty much the next thing after Dismay Avenue One and Two will be uh, Gallows Man number three. It's it's a four issue miniseries. Each issue is like forty eight pages long, sometimes a little bit more. So each issue is like double size pages. Um, mm-hmm. So issue three will come out the first half of 2023. I'm not going to say specifically, likely it'll be May of 2023. Cause that's how each one of these have been. It's usually been May 4th. Like one year it was like May 4th. And it's like, that's star Wars day. And it's like, <laughs> sure. It'll also be gallows man day. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, gallows man number three will come out first half of 2023. Uh, Disney Avenue number three, will likely come out around the same time uh, next year. So okay. October, September time of 2023. Um, and I hope to sometime in the middle or after those uh, have maybe a one shot here or there. Like there's a horror one shot that I'm working on that I don't think will really work in Disney Avenue. It'll just be its own thing. Mm. Um, so I'm working on that. And then there's also... Uh, some other series like there's a 12 issue series that I'm working on that's like a horror war story um, that that I'm really liking but I, I have it all mapped out but in terms of scripts issue one's completely done the script's completely mm-hmm. done for that issue two I know how it's going to play out I have an outline for that I just got to get on that and write that and then there's I have a whole notepad of ideas and stuff. And there's always like stuff I go back to where it's like, Oh, like I wrote a whole issue for this series. Like I I looked at this a month ago. I was like, Oh, there's a serious superhero story that I've been writing that I just realized a year ago, like looking at it now, I realized a year ago, I wrote a whole first issue of, I was like, I need to get back to that. So there's stuff I, I go back to here and there. 
Right. Well, listen, so Brandon, you got to come back on when you're ready Thank to you. talk about Gallows Man 3 and then also Dismay Avenue issue 3 Thank as you, well. Man. So, yeah. Cool. It's great talking to you. And uh, and and like I said, congratulations again on hitting your goal. Thank you, man. Thank you. And so to make this to make this episode more evergreen, if somebody's listening to this a year from now or what, where can they find your comic books if they want to read them? So if you're listening to this in the future after this Kickstarter, I don't have an online store. I don't plan on getting in online stores anytime soon, but with all my comics, they're going to be available on each Kickstarter that happens. So Gallows Man number three, when that happens, uh, you'll be able to pick up issues one and two of Gallows Man through that. And also in the add-on section, I'll have Disney Avenue one and two. So each time a Kickstarter rolls around, you have a chance to pick up these other books as well. Perfect. Okay. So you, you got to grab it. So for those that are interested in the show notes, I'm going to have a link to this Kickstarter we're talking about now through there. You can probably click on that hyperlink and it'll probably have an update on there for any of the, any of the newer Kickstarters that would be happening in the future of this recording. So Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. Thank you, man. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and so what, what's next for you, Brandon? What, are, what, what can, what can uh, your readers expect from, what can your readers, re, uh, I'm going to edit this part out. I just stumbled over You're my good. words. Oh man, I tell you, I was, I was knocking it out of the park for so long. Oh, usually, usually I just, you know, I have timestamps on all my interviews. I always have like timestamping this and that, and this and that, and then it looks smooth later, but this is. Only my, all right, 14, 46, 40. There you go. Uh